0: we're back with the breaking World of Warcraft episode two and uh, Round today, two. yeah, I mean, if you're new to this and you haven't listened to anything or haven't seen the, the 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 show before, this is the second episode, and we strongly recommend you check the first one. Oh yes, uh, where you can also you know you get to know the guests a little bit because we're gonna s- s- jump, jump, jump right in. We just bite the there's bullet. Some, there's some juicy stuff happening right now, and uh- yeah, there's a <laughs> there's I mean, okay,
1: so let's make it clear once again: the purpose of these chats we have with with uh, our wonderful guests. Is basically, to try to find some sort of common ground and maybe get some sort of improvement going on in terms of our like, communication, and possibly naively maybe thinking that things will go for the better within World of Warcraft. All right, so that yep, being yep. said, uh, we'll uh, we'll jump straight into it. There was a post on the forums, um, in regards to external buffs and cooldowns, uh, it's a pretty lengthy one, you're gonna see it on the screen. Um, but basically, we'll we'll try to digest into it and try to make sense of it and see uh, what the we can,
0: we can definitely talk about the topic as well about because yes. it's the it's kind of like the PI topic as well where it's either good or bad and I feel like uh, personally I'm on the opinion that power infusion stuff is good because you know it's player choice and you can just do it for what yourself or whatever. <sighs> But obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. not everybody thinks that way. Yeah. That's perfectly fine, and we can discuss this from a game design perspective how it actually affects the game, starting yeah. with with the post. And I think we can go uh, right into it and uh, yeah. start with uh, Guiltyus. Yes, because he has the camera, so he gets
1: uh, <laughs> the, the the first option to respond. Go go ahead, my man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I'm sure everyone's read the post at this point, right? It's it's insane to me. It's it's filled with contradictions, and it's filled with contradictions, to prior points. But it's kind of just extremely frustrating about how out of touch it is so like the core of the post or the core of the argument between the two is like is external buffs right is whether or not you enjoy them whether or not you dislike them whether or not they're good for the game and there's a lot of there's like four paragraphs here
1: it's it's big but
2: realistically a lot of it just doesn't say anything the core of the issue is that it's a video game and people don't enjoy it (laughs) Why, why do we need this? I can go on for hours about the complicated, the social interactions of PI versus kindred spirits and giving them and receiving them and how it makes other people in the raid feel, how it makes other people competing against you feel. But at the end of the day, it's a game. It's like, if this is something that detracts from people's enjoyment of the game, then why are we spending so much effort defending and, and arguing that it should be the case?
1: Fair enough. What about you, Mandel? What's your first take on this?
3: My take's a bit more complicated than that one because I actually completely disagree even from a DPS standpoint with the post. And the reason being that the prime problem with Power Infusion specifically is that when you give it to somebody, you don't even get it. Like you're sacrificing one of your buffs that you could be applying to yourself to somebody else. Now, as a healer, that's sort of okay. Like, you can, you know, you kind of signed up to help other people. So, Mm -hmm. as a healer, you can sort of justify it. As a DPS, however, you're basically sacrificing your own fun for the benefit of somebody else, in addition to damage. And it's actually the damage part that kind of saves Power Infusion, weirdly enough. Because, like, suppose for a minute you uninstall every DPS meter you have, you uninstall everything, You don't log, and you press infusion on somebody else, and you have no idea what just happened. You have no idea if it was good, if it was bad, or anything like that. All you know is you lost mini-heroism on yourself, basically. That's, at least in my opinion, the the real problem, is that with infusion specifically, you're sacrificing your own fun. And that's something that should just never be done in an RPG it's like uh, the button that you have should never be a cost to yourself
0: I mean they, they it's s- similar with oops sorry go on oh uh, sorry I was gonna say it, I mean I don't know if they, the twin uh, uh, priestess son thing legendary was supposed to address this where you can do it on somebody else and you still have it Um, uh, but I was gonna gonna ask you to your point Mandel do you think this is an issue of being peer pressured into using it because I mean i mean why just use it on yourself like why would you ever use it and if and having the options like you know okay we're, we're struggling on this boss we're like constantly wiping in like two percent or we need one percent to get through the face and if i do this on a mage or whatever it would get us through having that option as a player let's say as a priest i i personally find that interesting that i have the option i don't particularly feel like i should be forced into doing it Although if, if I don't do it and I know that it would be better for the mage, then I kind of maybe feel like I'm maybe holding the group back a little bit. So this, I, I kind of see where the where the the argument can be here where it makes it a little bit weird and I'm not exactly sure what the solution would be. Although <coughs> I, I guess, I guess you, that's, that's, that's my point.
3: If I, you didn't have all the logging tools and the DPS meters and everything, you would literally never PI anybody else unless they requested it.
4: I don't think that the idea of having group buffs or buffing other people is innately bad. Like, I I think that the sentiment that it is a design space that they could use isn't wrong that they have because they've done it before and it did work in the past. Like, there's great examples. You've got Skull Banner and Stormlash in Moth. They were totally fine because the the whole benefit of pressing it, you wanted to press it yourself anyway, which makes it okay. Because you don't lose anything. You really Mm -hmm. want the button and it's good for you. And it synergizes with what you want to do. Those kind of ideas, they work fine. And I think they're okay. It's when you have to weigh up the value of your fun versus the value of someone else's fun versus what the best option is. And when it becomes zero sum of, if we like hypothetically say the button gives you a hundred fun when you press it, in the PI situation, it gives Either you 100 fun and everyone else zero fun, or it gives you zero fun and everyone else, one other person 100 fun. Whereas the split should be more like 50 50 or 100 plus 50. And so you always get it and someone else gets a bit. That's way more healthy than uh, the either I get it or I don't. And that's it, very binary, done. Yep. Yeah.
3: Do you bear in mind, there are some group buffs like that, or uh, well, personal buffs or things like that that are currently in the game like that, that are really well done. Like, Conqueror's Banner for Necroload Warriors Mm -hmm. is perfect. It's a button you want to press, it's a button you get the most benefit out of, but you happen to buff two other people with it.
0: I think has had a point, so that I kind of cut him off a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) He's used to it. I was going (laughs) to... I was going to talk about Kindred Spirits,
2: because, like, on the surface, Kindred Spirits kind of hits what Mandel is talking about, where... You are getting something for pressing that button, but at the same time, you then hit the issue whereby covenants are like a choice. Yep. So, by choosing to be Kyrian and choosing to opt into that position where you can get something with your external while still giving it away, um, and this is now an issue because it seems like that might be the way to go for Boomkins, for example, next year, um, due to the nerf event here. They are now with out Hunters of. Yeah, yeah, the Hunter Legendary as well. They have to opt out of something that increases their fun in order to increase someone else's fun. I know there's the degree of just simply do not do it, which is like, it's semi-valid. But when you're playing at a competitive standpoint, and even when a lot of people aren't playing at a technically competitive standpoint, they like to see themselves as playing as a competitive standpoint because people compete in this game. That's basically how competition goes. Um... When you are playing at a competitive standpoint, it feels bad to be in a position whereby the optimal choice is to give up your own enjoyment in order to improve someone else's. In order to accomplish your shared goals.
3: Kindred Spirits does have another problem, though, which is the fact that in addition to you having to basically go Kyrian, you also have a kind of restriction to not bind to another Kyrian. Because the mastery buff is laughable compared to the crit verse or uh yeah. haste that you get from the other covenants yeah so it's an additional restriction where you're never going to point to another carrion because it's
2: just worthless for you Yeah, the balancing is a mess yeah i'm not quite sure how they made the maths mistake that significant where i it's, it's because they can't use percentages versus... yeah so but they, they can. can't use percentages for mastery because like there are certain specs that gain double value or things but they like can that. They can use percentages. They have a back-end system called mastery points, which is a percentage rating for mastery that then translates for each class. A point of mastery is worth certain amounts of mastery points. This is something they have. I don't know if they've forgotten that it exists, but this is something that exists and they could have used. I,
3: I think they may have pulled as a reference a spec that gains double rating or double percentage from rating and then use that as a baseline. Because it should be closer to 300.
2: Yeah. But they they have something they could use. They're just choosing not to.
1: (laughs) What about about you, Pentia? Where where do you stand on this?
5: Uh, A little bit of both ends of the spectrum, really. So with regards to what Mandel was saying, where giving away your buff is just a bad feeling overall. Unless you are mathematically minded and you enjoy that aspect of the game, Mm -hmm. then it's... Fine, give it away, and you know it's done the group a favour. But it's also not the role that you signed up for. If there was a role in the game that was purely buffing others, uh, the closest semblance of this at the moment in WoW would be a paladin, where you've got blessings that you provide to other people. And then Night Fae also leans into that Blessing of Seasons. That That's fine for a design space. Because then it means you know what you're signing up for, and you play to that because you enjoy that playstyle. But when it's not what you signed up to, and it's just become what you're doing, and then you're you've got the social pressures there as part of it. So it's a little bit of a little bit of both, really.
4: <laughs> yeah, the it being sprung on you on an expansion system level, which has happened this time, I think is quite jarring for some people. And the other thing is, as well, is that they won't always admit it, but quite frequently when they do put these buffs in, they do have a bit of back-end tuning to account for it existing that you don't get told about. And you're tuned around it, doing a bit of buffing, as it were, <laughs> at like Fury Toten does right now, to whine about my own one.
2: I mean, Windfrew Totem is a a prime example, right? Because Windfrew Totem has such a huge variance in who it's good for. Like, it's what, close to 8% for Arms Warriors?
4: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it does fulfill one of the main criteria for me is that you want to press it anyway. So that's okay. That part of it is totally fine. The having to work out who's most useful to get it and how black box the tooltip of the thing is, like, especially with the changes in 9.2 a tooltip change has got everyone thinking it's been nerfed but nothing happened it's just that no one actually knows how it works because the game doesn't tell you that's not helpful and that the spec has absolutely been tuned with it existing in mind also doesn't help because that means that you aren't aware of how valuable it is and that's the same goes with pi you have to everyone's got a take on who's got the best game from pi and it's usually you know from a dps it's always me so it, i've seen so many tell do that
3: i've seen so many modified spreadsheets being given to <laughs> oh really like, that. like they take the spreadsheet that Azotharian made it And they basically, you know, edit a couple of numbers to make their (laughs) spec feel (laughs) like the prime target. Like, I've seen BM hunters justifying PI, and you're like, excuse me,
4: (laughs) you don't benefit, your pets don't benefit. What the hell? (laughs) See, the, the the whole discussion has another problem as well as that. Because everyone has a take, and everyone likes getting PI, everyone is okay with priests being the ones who have to suffer through it because yep. they going to benefit they don't lose anything they can just get pi but when the shoe is on the other sock as it were when it goes hey mr hunter maybe you should try playing kyrian and buffing the group they suddenly go whoa whoa wait a minute oh, i'm not sorry. playing i'm not playing a buff spec <laughs> that's not my job but the priest oh uh, it's okay for them
0: and is this, is this like, when
4: we bring up
3: moonkins because they're going kyrian next patch
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean like I said, Kindred Spirits and Kindred Affinities look like look like the best option for Moonkins. I've been playing it for a couple of weeks and good fucking lord, it feels like you don't have a Covenant ability. It's it, it, like it changes nothing. You just press the button every 50 seconds or whatever and your buddy gets a load of damage. I linked to our rogues on Keltuzan this week and Sylvanas a couple of weeks ago. And in both instances they went from like a rank hundred to like a rank 10. It's it's absurdly impactful, and it completely takes away any combat ability from the druid. You kind of just chill out and play your newted spec, um, and just pretend you're doing something.
4: <laughs> what do there's you mean? also You, you one...
3: gain eight percent stat. Stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> there's
4: there's one little little silver bullet as well that exists, and I know it's kind of cheeky to bring up old interviews with devs, but there's a, there's an old Q and A that Ian did in which he talks about Greater Blessing of Might from Ret, And he very categorically said, it's a failed design, it's not fun.
6: Uh, Why is Greater Blessing of Might a thing? This ability has been met with nearly universal disdain by Rhett's since its first Mm -hmm. appearance in Alpha. It's definitely one that I've seen a lot of feedback on, and I know we've talked about a lot in the past. So what are our thoughts on uh, Greater Blessings for Retribution? Um, Honestly, I I think it's kind of a failed design. So you guys are right. Uh, The... The thought here was to capture some of that hybrid element, some of the roots of the shaman class and the paladin class, with some some things like you know stormlash back in the day or or the right. blessings here. But at the same time, we were very nervous about balance, and I think we just ended up in a place that was the worst of both worlds. If you're actually making someone better by being there in a meaningful way, you're actually adding to their damage, then can you do the same amount of damage as a pure if the answer there is no then that's not something a lot of people might want to sign up for um if the answer is yes then you're just better then it's just well why would i bring the rogue when i can bring the paladin who does the same damage as the rogue but also buff somebody else's damage yeah and so we went down the road of like well let's try to credit the, the contribution of the paladin to the paladin so that it shows up on damage meters and what where that ends up feeling where that ends up landing is this Weird, not great place where the warrior isn't happy that there's a rep paladin in the group and they get Blessing of Might because they don't get credit for Blessing of Might's damage. It's more like they have this parasite on them, like Abathur style or whatever. (laughs) And that's not making them happy. And the rep paladin is sitting there grumbling about the fact that, you know, up to 10% of their damage is dependent on. Others in the group and not within their control, neither of those feels really good. Yeah. If this um, warrior was better, then I'd be doing more damage, yeah. etc. sort of feeling. Because
4: it's just a parasitic effect. You don't like pressing it, they don't like getting it. Yeah. And they admit quite clearly and succinctly that it's not a good idea. And that's coming back now, but in the exact same way, just saying, no, 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 it's good. You're wrong. You should like it.
3: The the worst part out of almost, actually, no, every single effect like this that has been brought back in Shadowlands, there is no way to quantify their effects without going through logs. There is literally no way to know whether your PI was useful or not. There is no way to know whether the kindred affinity, or whatever the druid thing actually is, is impactful or not. Same thing with Conqueror's Banner, like, sure, you're giving 400 mastery to somebody. How much is that in terms of benefit? How much help did I provide, basically?
2: All of that value is hidden. I think that's a huge part of why it it isn't fun for the players as well. Mm. as, As Pant said, if you're analytically and you're mathematically minded, it might be enjoyable for you to work out who it is and to then work out how much benefit, and that's fair enough. But I think for the majority of players, there's very little feedback on when you press that button, you give it to someone else, because it's not changing anything about how you play. When my priest presses PI on a Moonkin, it, he's pressed PI, and then it's it's gone. It's He's not getting any feedback on that, in the, especially in the base game. Like Maybe he gets some feedback because our Moonkin is at the top of the meters, but maybe the Moonkin would have crit, and yada, yada, yada. But there's no real feedback on pressing that button. Every other button in the game, there's a bit of feedback when you press it. Be it. A big number pops up on your screen, or you get more resources, or your resources go down, or whatever. There's some kind of feedback where when you press that button, something has changed on, on your game. But with giving PI to someone else, there kind of isn't. Is
3: this what? when we strut over to Final Fantasy XIV and explain how, how close positions work? Yeah. <laughs> well,
4: <laughs> I, I do brother. I know that that's the, the game that he's trying to bait people into making a direct comparison with Winners Post. But it's not like it's unique to just Final Fantasy. It's been done in other MMOs in the past, totally fine, in a similar way to Mock-era ones. And final fantasy does those as well but like wildstar is a classic one where there was like three classes there that all had a group buff but they gained so much more from pressing it that they always took it all the time and really wanted to and it was a big button that they liked pressing
2: yeah that's the deal it's there needs to be some kind of group buffs can exist in the game like excluding the excluding the point of view of like logging or whatever because clearly that's not a point of view that business to particularly consider which is fair enough because it's something very external But there needs to be some kind of feedback within the game that makes you want to feel good about pressing PI on someone else. If that's the behavior they want to choose. That already exists. I mean, there is a legendary like this.
3: Yeah, and it's The PI PI legendary. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you fix every problem by baselining that legendary. So for those who are not familiar with it, the legendary basically grants you PI when you PI somebody else. So in single target, uh, solo content or whatever, zero value for you. Because you're not going to PI somebody else. But yeah, everywhere else, you gain PI whenever somebody else gains. Which is brilliant. It solves every problem. You don't get feedback on how useful your PI was, but you get to use it yourself. Side so, steps every problem before they're even created.
4: I think it, it segues a little bit into the big problem as well, is how difficult it is to pass how the game works for your average person if they just Look at it! Oh, Dodger. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Pi, Wind Fury. Any buffs like that? Trinkets, props. All of those things are very poorly signposted to your average person, so they have to go and Hopefully search so. for these spreadsheets and so on. RPPM being removed from tooltips
2: of trinkets, even stuff going down to like how AP calculations work. Yep. Yeah. Like that's that's not explained anywhere. So when somebody sees an ability and it says sixty percent AP or whatever. What does that mean to a person? Because it sure doesn't mean the AP on their cal- character
4: sheets. A lot of legacy systems are still there. Like, does, does the average person know that dual build has a missed chance? Do they know what the armor value on a boss is D- that's, that's dropping them down? How many times has someone come into this pod and asked, does this trinket scale without mastery? Yep, yep. It, Oh, The mastery one's the most egregious. Like,
3: when you see uh, mastery like Frost Death Knight, which is oh, increases all the frost damage you do, and then you get a trinket that does frost damage and you're like why does it increase
2: i think we talked about this last week yeah, we to, yeah it's a point that's hard to close to my heart but yeah well it's me... insane to me that stuff is so poorly explained to players like it's really really badly explained for players
0: and do you th- i was gonna point out the fact that uh the the pi legendary seemed like uh Like a good middle ground, obviously you'll probably always have uh, people complain because if you had that baseline, then you would say, well, okay, then who do I PI then? And uh, obviously, you know, we need some way to know, but I guess outside of like them DPS meters or logs, that's impossible. Is that an actual issue? I'm kind of thinking from like the average perspective of a player. Uh, which I mean very few people I see that maybe actually do logs or at least analyze the logs to the extent where they can tell how much PI did they just know that there's just more damage um, <clears throat> how much I mean what could they it do to matter. the tooltips
4: I think I think that's self-correct on its own because the people who get the most visceral unpleasant feeling from giving away PI are the type of people who aren't analytically minded they just don't like that they don't get to use their button yep and the people who are analytically minded will go and find out the answer anyway, and they'll know who to put it on. The people who aren't, it automatically fixes, because it doesn't matter who they put it on. They always get it themselves. Yep. Just put it on anyone.
2: Yeah. yeah like I do think that the... Sorry, go on.
3: Yeah, right now, like if you don't have the legendary, you lose all your value and you gain a questionable amount of value that you can't even see to start with. Like You have to then go into logs and do whatever to figure out how impactful the PI was somebody who doesn't do that to start with right now if you give them the legendary baseline they will get 100 fun units while they give somebody a questionable a questionable amount of fun units it's like it's win-win they still wouldn't care who they give it to except now they get it no matter what happens
2: yeah the existence of the pi legendary is kind of a I don't actually think that taking the PI Legendary changes anything in this uh, this fun units calculation that Mandel is taking while it is still a Legendary. Because while it's still a Legendary, you're still giving something up in order to, to gain it. So you're giving up something else fun. It's like maybe playing with a Legendary that slightly changes how you play as another 100 fun units. You're giving that up to get PI, essentially.
0: It's and kind of a net
2: neutral. Both
3: Shadow, Disc, and Holy have Legendaries that really impact their rotation yes so you're giving result. that away
0: yeah basically you're you're trading a legendary uh for pi so not so not to lose pi yeah. but that was my mm-hmm. point if we were going to be talking about a potential solution um uh, just make that yeah. beg yeah. that baseline and then you know because it's still i guess it would eliminate the, the choice of helping your group out and knowing that you did that but then again we go into the issue of uh like guilty has mentioned where there's like no feedback to, uh, to, to, to how much that helped unless for some reason this these all turn, turn into like proc based external buffs where you can just see the, it proc 100 dps pi damage on the meter you could see it as a separate thing that would proc maybe that could be some kind of feedback but I think uh, outside of something like that I don't know if there's a realistic way to provide any kind of feedback except that you just cast spell faster or that person does their stuff faster
3: the systems for this don't exist right now. Yeah. Simple as. Like, if, if PI was giving additional damage instead of haste, then, yeah, there would be a way to do this. Like, uh, do the damage as an extra source of damage and redirect it to you kind of thing. A bit like how Spell Reflect is currently done in details yeah. and things like that.
0: You could but see it on the mirror. I said, oh, that was the PI that I just gave you, the, yeah. the extra thing
3: yeah but because it's haste it's actually really hard to quantify and some specs gain a lot more value out of it than others but that's fine like at the end of the day as long as you are getting your fun you will press that button
4: that the big thing is for other dps that aren't priests in this is that they need to start thinking from the point of view of the priest really is what i am looking at because if you Were to say to Mr. Paladin, who's really happy about PI existing and can see all the positive, if you then said, right, okay, well, next expansion, Avenging Wrath, you can cast that on anyone, and they'll not be happy about that concept because that's their button. And as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the priests I've seen generally speaking about this are concerned, PI is their button, and everyone else is, like, just scrambling to take it off them. Yep.
0: I, I know that uh, if my memory serves right back in Nathria. There was a spreadsheet and the uh, Priest Discord. I, I might be misremembering, but I know I saw the PI values might have been in the beta and uh, the values that each spec would get. Like, I don't know if this was, you know, an altered one, but it felt pretty, pretty legit. It was pinned. And Shadow Priest got the most, if I recall correctly, out of PI back then, probably because of the low, low gear amount and stuff like that. I don't know if they still do that because Shadow Priest has been wanting haste. For pretty much, I don't know, since BFA at the very least. I don't know if that's still the case now, but that made that that to me said, oh, okay, so if I'm a shadow priest, I definitely put PI on me because I'm the one that gets the most out of it. I don't know if that's still the case or not. Things got adjusted in the spreadsheet, so <laughs> no, but, but
3: like spreadsheets. The spread, the base spreadsheet, like the very first one, was a five-minute sim, and that massively disadvantages certain specs. So, for instance, it disadvantages boomies if there is only one PI. It disadvantages boomies overall, because their cooldown is three minutes. It disadvantages... who else? I think it disadvantages hunters as well, because cooldowns are two minutes. But it doesn't matter. Like, hunters don't really gain that much out of But yeah, the initial one had Shadow Priest on top, which led to healers piing Shadow Priest. That didn't last long, because then somebody fixed the APL for Fire Mages, and then Fire Mages were on top by... Uh, quite a large amount,
2: let's say. Yeah, the all of the PI spreadsheets have had core issues in that they didn't exactly address it all in the the right th- way. I think
4: th- Aslaw had one say, that though, worked pretty well. That's not to say though that it was intentional. I think no, a lot of it comes exactly, from yes. especially the priest one. They're they're doing it effectively because they care about priests and they know how to fine-tune the priest one. Yeah. And you can't expect them to go and go into every single other specs apl and find the perfect point to put pi they're just doing the best with what they've got so i completely understand why they were a bit wonky
3: yep it's completely normal but at the same time like even then there's some specs where the there either is no dev for simcraft for the apl or they can't be bothered or things like that so you're always going to get skewed results out of it just because the domain
2: knowledge is not necessarily there, yeah. I think it's important as well. Like we're talking a lot in that, but I think it's important to talk about the like social friction aspect of it. I know this was raised in the in the blue post. I can't remember the exact wording, but deciding who who goes in the Wind Fury group or who gets Kindred Spirits or who gets PI that that does cause social friction, and it's an interesting comparison to the master looting. Comparison. Yep, it was was about so we go. have. On one hand, we have social friction that players enjoyed, that maybe it had some issues, but as a whole, I think it was generally positively viewed by players, and it was used in a positive manner for the most part. And then on the other hand, we have social friction that generally the players, I think is generally disliked. Maybe, I think it's probably fair to say that it's generally disliked. But it does have some positives, and there are some people who like it. But one of those we got to keep and the other we didn't get to keep because it caused social friction. It it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean master loot, uh,
3: sorry the removal of master loot rather, causes more social friction than master loot itself. Like I was talking with Ellipsis the other day and like we were just idly talking about how to fix loot tables. So uh, when you're running personal loot in a raid, you are five or six times more likely to get rings and cloaks and necklaces. And it's something that you didn't have that much of a problem in BFA, particularly at the end, because the cloak was legendary, so there were no cloaks on the loot table. The neck didn't exist, so all you had were rings. Adding that pollution on the loot tables means that there is so much more of a chance, because everybody can loot them, of getting them and therefore they will get sharded way 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 more often and it's loot that you will just not be able to even if you wanted to trade away because everybody has them if you had yeah. master loot you would not have this loot pollution problem because suddenly it's one source of loot that can contain everything as opposed to 20 different sources of loot that can all contain rings
2: yeah as mentioned last week it's also kind of fucked for the classes that only have a couple of of specs in a, or classes in a given raid. Like, I know mean, we mentioned rogues. Rogues getting hmm. daggers are just... They're shit out of luck. Like, what do they do? They just hope it drops for them. Whereas with master loot, it wasn't so much hope it drops for them as hope it drops. Because when it does drop,
4: you're going to get it. The question to answer is that why is the approach being taken when something is causing friction? Which this obviously is, because they've come to the point where they've had to the blue post about it. If it's causing that, why, why do you need to diagnose the reason... That it's causing it. If it's causing it to that degree, it's obviously not healthy or good to have there. The negatives far outweigh the benefits in those cases. So why not just seed that it's probably not implemented in the best way and adjust or remove it? Yeah. There was the point in the blue post as well about.
2: Let me read it. The common, ex- common lament that group finder has lost a lot of the human interaction with the experience. Mechanics that involve interacting with group mates both bring out the good and the bad of that. Frankly, I don't think that loading into a M-plus pug and having the boomkin whisper the priest, pi me please, is a valuable human interu- interaction. It's very much a, a faux human interaction. There's no real interaction or exchange there. Yep. Um the best is and when the loomkin yeah. in the pug is is a raid
3: leader. Because then you have no choice. <laughs> you either... No, seriously. I've been in that situation. You either do what they say, or you find
4: yourself another group. They will demand it in those... Yeah. When, when and if, if you don't, they then start making fun of you or flaming you or kicking you. And that and that does happen. And it is just it, it is part of, the, of a a community problem that it gets to that degree in a way. But at the same time, is is enabling it by having in-game mechanics a good thing? Do you gain anything? It, it's not like we're psychoanalyzing players. The point should be to make something fun. Yep. Yeah. I think at the end not. of the
2: day, it's a video game. And I do think this point about, they make this point about not everyone looking at logs or logs are like a player-created goal or yada, 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 whatever they say. Um, I think there's a degree of cope in that. I think that so many players look at logs. I think pretending that competing on logs is some high-end thing is a a misunderstanding of how even the lower end of WoW works. I have friends from real life who play in heroic-only guilds that progress through normal and then heroic and yep. they'll, yeah, like, message me and they'll be like, yo, look, and send me a screenshot of their logs of their beating. <laughs> I beat the Warlock this week. That's so cool, yada, yada, yada. That's, I, yeah, that, that's that, what that we do. We do need
3: to go into that. That is like, true. Yeah, go ahead, man. No, you don't even need to go into that. Like, the entire problem would be removed if the priest got a kickback out of it. What like, if, sure, people, people would still be begging for PI and whatever and bickering amongst
0: themselves, but the priest would be like, yeah, sure, have PI. I get PI as well. What if baseline PI could only be used on the priest but then you had the legendary where you can also use it on somebody else? Would that type and of uh,
3: addition I think that, that would
0: be worse. Would be worse. <laughs> I would
3: That would be strictly worse. You would
4: kick priests if they don't have it. Th- that would yeah. like I think that would be basically a net neutral. Nothing would change all it would mean is that you demand that they wear it it's um, already happening now where people are saying you know D- vintage is good but i i get a lot out of kindred affinity so maybe you should go kyrian and maybe you know buff me you know yeah <laughs> night fate hunt is not that far behind maybe you should try kyrian this week
0: so the, the underlying issue that 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 seems to be a little bit common amongst all uh, all opinions because I'm, I'm starting to really see ward up's point of view i mean at the end of the day is it worth having? Is the the, the plus and the pros and cons of it worth it? Because, um, I particularly the uh, you know if you don't have it, then we don't take you. Type mentality is always going to be present because if it's not going to be present in in PI, it can be present in the specs. Like oh, you're a, you're a hunter. Well, if you're not MM, we're not taking you. So it's it's about. It seems to me like it's about. Mm, selectivity when it comes to what kind of power you want to bring to the group while enforcing it on somebody else. And the, the enforcing part never really made a lot of sense to me when it came came to Master whenever they took it out, because at the end of the day, then, then why not just find a group where you're not that enforced and you can make the choice if you want to give your item and in this case, give your PI to somebody else or not. I don't know if this is an, a naive uh, train of thought, but I feel like uh, addressing the external buffs and, and discussing the points of them being inside the game makes uh, Adds negativity to the point where people feel forced to play a certain way or feel forced to make a certain choice by the group, aka peer pressure, which again can also be done with like either the spec or even the class that you play. Oh, we're not taking you this tier because survival is not good. So we either you either go marksman or go boom or go something else. That that's kind of social pressure will always exist. I feel I don't know if they can design a game in a way where this could be totally out. So I'm not sure if taking it out of the game is also helpful, but obviously something else has to change because like like you mentioned, I'm not sure exactly how much better, maybe Word up can clarify this, how much better uh, from a social perspective, Wind Fury is viewed by, let's say, your arms or your Havocs in your group as opposed to a PI because you're also getting it as well, right? So, and... I, I personally, uh, when I played Enhancement in Athria, I kind of felt kind of cool if I was able to help my melee. It's like, hey, I'm bringing this extra stuff. sure I'm getting, I'm using it, but I'm not going to, you know, time my doom winds around you or something. Uh, but th- they were getting a bonus. And to me, I felt like I, I got the sense of like, I'm helping the group. So this is where I'm standing about. Is the, is it good to have them in or have, have them out as well? And I'm not sure if taking them out solves the problem of people just wanting other people to play, whatever they think is the best to give them the goal of the group. Maybe this is something that I'm thinking about. What, Can I what, what hijack Go for it. Before Word word up. Yeah, because I was, was about
4: to go on a diet track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean,
0: it. I'm probably
3: going to cover a couple of the points that you are going to cover, but just in case, it's all about the level of frustration that you apply to the group or to, you or to the player. Because at the end of the day, you, if you want to enable a playstyle like that, there needs to be as few sacrifices as possible. Mm-hmm. PI is the most egregious one because you sacrifice everything. Literally, you sacrifice your button and you don't see it back. Uh, Kyrian, uh, Druid, Kyrian, Hunter, and the likes, like Night Fey Priest and all that, you sacrifice a Covenant choice, which feels garbage because it's like, what if you really want... What if you're me and you really like Venthyr Hunter? You can't play it because now you have to buff your group. That's the sacrifice, and that's why it feels garbage. In terms of Wind Fury, the sacrifice is you are tuned around an optimal use of it, and it's visible in logs. Enhancement right now is the lowest DPS out of every DPS. The amount of damage that you gain by buffing specs that are just not good with Wind Fury is basically not taken as the baseline, and instead, whoever balanced it assumes that you're buffing Four Arms, arms Warriors. So it's highly skewed, and as a result, like again, if Arms Warrior was not good, you probably you wouldn't have seen an enhancement shaman during the race to World First. That's the sacrifice that is being made. It's one of tuning for Wind Fury. And yeah, like those sacrifices should not be existing. It should be a bonus to bring something, it should not be at a cost.
4: So I was about to go into something that might be a bit controversial because I'm going to like flat out just be a little mean to the player base here. People are generally very bad at noticing when there are these effects in the game that you can really heavily abuse until someone does abuse them. Like Kindred Affinity is a really good example. That was in at 9.1. Very few people were talking about it, even despite the fact that it is insane In terms of how much it gives you compared to pis but once someone does abuse it and they know about it players are very very good at constantly reminding you how good they are and how much they want it and they need it and they want to tailor around it yeah so enabling that part of the player base because it will always be there that's never going to go away and that happens in every game by the way it's just not a good idea i completely agree with what panthea said earlier where if you sign up to being the buff spec that that is just dedicated to buffing people and you're tuned around it and having the mental faculty to pick the best place for those buffs to go that is a-okay if they design something like that but that's not what's happening right now what's happening is that everyone has skin in the game about what you should be doing to help them because they're the the lead character in their game and obviously that's how everyone views themselves in in any game so it's understandable it's just why enable it what does it what does it do to help
1: (laughs) I I did uh, I did want to just circle back for for a moment on on Guilty's point about logs and stuff because I feel uh, he he has a really strong point where it kind of a, a portion of the community kind of like demonized all of this you know looking at logs and analyzing and stuff And it is true that even though not everybody is talking about it or, I don't know, admitting or anything like that, logs are being looked at and being competed on, on, uh, I would say, um, quote unquote, lower levels of play as well. And I can talk from personal experience here, Flame as well. (coughs) (laughs) Uh, We were in a heroic guild, which did not use comps uh communication at all right it was a guild, and the only uh, talk in the communication was on chat and we would have logs and we would look at them and we would try to improve based on that i mean fuck it even on my on my latest runs on on that hero guild i give my my logs to to whisper from from riverhold and he gladly look at it and i don't know if this is done on normal rating as well But if, like, in our only little small bubble, all of the people that were rating on a heroic level looked at that and tried to improve based on that, you can be hell sure that it's not something that only the one, quote-unquote, 1% is being, you know, uh, talking about it and using it and stuff. No, it's become part of the game. They've designed it this way, and it's, like, one of the most clearest ways a player can get data to improve himself. So... They could... If they
3: wanted to, tomorrow they could kill logging altogether. I know. But that that's but the other true. thing. Like all they need to do is remove the logging functionality in the game. And that's it. Logs are dead. There's no recovery. But there's two things that really rub me the wrong way when it, when like whenever there's a blue post like this. Yeah. The first one you've hinted at, like 99% of the people who look at logs use logs to improve. Whether as a raid leader or as a player. So they look at the mechanics. They look at whether there's any overlaps that need to be done. They look at whether they need to do anything better. That's the improvement part. And that's a really, really positive part of logging. Like, it's the same thing. Imagine if your car starts having the engine light, you go to a mechanic. The same thing here, like you think you can improve, you ask for help. And there's like countless resources out there that do it for free, literally. The the minimal part and the part that is just magnified by the devs for no reason whatsoever is the competing on passes part, and it's carried over in so many ways in design in trying to like whenever there's something it's always pass culture pass culture pass culture. You're like, hold on a moment. You have like four or five bosses this tier where you had to stop DPS altogether. Exactly. And you're claiming pass culture? (laughs) Like, we had this back in Antorus where one of the bosses, in order to pass on, you needed to have 17 people in your your raid group go AFK. And people did it, sure. But it was like five people worldwide. It's not worth optimizing for, and it's most definitely not the majority audience.
4: This also loops a little bit back into earlier. There's a reason that people use logs. It's because knowing... Like, if Terry the Tank gets ganked by a boss mechanic, the game is really bad at telling him, you know, how much damage did that do and could I have done anything? What was the state of everything like that? But a log has got it there. He can go back and look at it and see exactly what the problem was and maybe adjust to not die next time. And that's what logs are useful for. That's what the majority of people use them for. The past culture boogeyman that's been created... Sure, it it can be a bit unhealthy and it does degenerate over the course of a tier. But the majority of the time, it's not really what's on people's mind. All they care about is having a baseline metric to compare themselves to see whether or not they're playing the game properly because the game doesn't tell them that they are.
3: That's the other thing. Like The the delta between uh, pressing random buttons and pressing the right buttons is not noticeable in the game or not very noticeable anyway because you need a point of comparison to be able to do it and this particularly hurts tanks by the way because in the raid groups
5: sorry? the healers will notice <laughs> will,
3: they, will they tell you though? because like in so many raid groups that I've seen where people are like oh our tanks doing fine and you look at the logs and it turns out that no it's actually not the tank doing good
5: yeah you do kind of need a comparison point I've, I've had it where I've joined a heroic pug and I've been told, "Oh, you're so easy to heal." I thought monks were really bad. It's like what? Yeah.
4: <laughs> I, I think yes. that's a common thread, though, in the because, especially with the tank and healer dichotomy, you're both effectively competing to do the same thing—is you know, not die. So, if a really good healer is doing all the work for you, you might think you're doing fine, but a log will be able to tell you you weren't doing fine. And vice versa, if a healer's doing really bad, but the tank can keep themselves alive, no problem. The only way that you'll find that out is by going at the log for those two avenues and checking.
0: Yep. I think... uh... the underlying issue here is i mean i don't consider it an issue i think it's just a natural progression of competitive games it's the fact that the game is competitive it's competitive on on many levels you can even say it's competitive with yourself i mean i, I compete with myself by looking at how well i performed on this boss around this pool as opposed to the other pool and i think parses are just a natural progression like i don't think they're an inevitable progression of a competitive game and you can find the parse variant of any other game in any other game that's actually competitive you have any form of statistics that show you how you did it this time uh, uh against another time especially when it comes to games that have repeatable content aka you're fighting the same boss again this week not just a new boss every time like you probably would do in like in a single player rpg so i think parses innately are uh irre- irrevocable goddammit, part of a competitive game and i especially multiplayer so i don't think I think arguing the fact that this is something negative, I feel like it's silly. I mean, this is my opinion. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. So I I don't know. Can we agree that parses or whatever equivalent of this is in a game is just natural, a natural occurrence because people just want to be better because they have a metric to compare themselves with or against other people especially when you have hall of fame that have a limited number of players in and you can extrapolate this into any other form of prestige achievement that you know not everybody can get so you want to be that person that you can get it so if you want to be that person that gets it how well you have to be better than these guys well that already automatically creates a hierarchy that you judge yourself in and then you have tools to measure that hierarchy somehow and i feel like parses and by extension logs i suppose that's part of that that whole culture and I, I don't see them going away and i don't see if, if they take away logs people will probably find another way to do it unless they just kill competitiveness completely completely and i don't know if <laughs> that will make the game, better you're, game. you're
4: right it is it's, it is a red herring the biggest majority of people who use logs isn't to have a big competition for passes or anything most of them are just using it for reassurance they when you look at the way that people act when they come into discord and they link their logs and so on they aren't asking or telling everyone look at how great my dps pass was they're really insecure about their performance and the log is the only way that they can actually convey that to other people or check it themselves it's a healthy thing to exist and blaming that for social pressure or culture or anything i think is for lack of a better word really disingenuous I have a really, really good
3: real-life analogy to this. Solving Rubik's Cubes. No, seriously. (laughs) Okay, go on. Please, please, detail. At at the start, when you pick up a Rubik's Cube for the first time, you're lost. You don't really know how to do it. So you either brute force it or you go and find, you know, whether there's any pattern, any strategy, whether you can memorize anything to make it better. Then... On the other extreme, you have people whose entire life choices and everything are revolving around solving Rubik's Cubes professionally. And they do it in seven or eight seconds. And there's a leaderboard for this as well. We
2: don't optimize Rubik's Cubes around that leaderboard, (laughs) do we? (laughs) I think if I was Warcraft Logs, I would be very frustrated at some of the things that the developers say. Because I think Warcraft Logs is almost solely responsible for seventy percent of the the farm replayability of this game. And I think without Warcraft Logs, I'm not entirely sure what would happen over the course of long farms like we get. Also be to be,
4: that they have to solve that problem. To be scathing to the devs on this one. They use log statistics when they look at class balance. Oh, because for sure. They can say they don't and until they're blue in the face, but we all know that it does happen. And some of them will even state that. They'll bring them up, and it's fine. It's fine to use them. They should be using them because it's an incredibly useful data set. So demonizing the site that's actively helping is just completely bonkers to me. It's, it's crazy. I would I would be feel very aggrieved
2: if I was the Warcraft Logs development team at some of the things that uh, the WoW devs say and infer about that site's impact on the game. Um, I think it's very unfair, some of the things they say. Especially when there's no real way for Warcraft Logs to respond to it. It's very much punching down. True. Same thing with what they say about guides, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I, oh, I'm a little uh, bit biased on that aspect because I write one of them, what, you know? what not say about
1: that. I missed that, I'm sorry. Well, What did I say about guides?
2: Uh, this uh, is a, guides a long-term Guides enforced thing. a way to play.
1: Oh, all right.
2: <laughs> I've said some things both in public and in private that are um, rather negative and shows how they feel about um, people who write guides. Some of them got quite big publicity recently, but oh. without going too deep into it, yeah. Okay. There's a couple of uh, a mean, couple of people in particular who are guilty of it, but... <laughs> but okay.
1: Well, I I feel it's a worthy topic to to go through, uh, especially due to the nature of our content on the main channel as well. Uh, I don't know. In terms of like, we can we can go over like as a as a general thing in mm, competitive games. For as long as I can remember, I looked upon things how to do things, how to improve things externally, like since, since, since forever. Now, Mandel got me into this this whole <laughs> life, real life analogy that I'm thinking all the time. Like, man, man even, even even fucking school, where you go into school to learn things, you go into college to like specialize in stuff, you get training at your workplace to learn uh, new things and stuff. Is it isn't like naturally something that people would do or am i uh, am i there
3: are very few people out there who do not have this instinct to want to improve right it's in our nature as everybody they do something they do it once they do it twice and then they think can i do it better and like you see it like naturally you can uh, take another good real life example you get taught to drive a, a car and then you start thinking hold on a moment i can save fuel by doing this and oh, I can save fuel by not using it when going downhill. Like, it's little optimizations like this where people just have the drive, naturally, to want to improve.
4: And it's as a result- universal it... to every game type as well, yeah. by the yeah. way. Well, if you're if you if set playing a single-player game, like, I don't know, like you're Devil playing Begai. Devil May Cry, but and you sit and play that, and you, you play it once, and you go, wow, that was good. But i think i could do it cooler next time and you'll go and do it and you'll look cooler you'll be like yeah that was awesome everyone is like that when they play these games and that's exactly what's happening in wow they go well i did all right but i could do better yeah yeah well i I
1: I was i was thinking about the guys just really short shortly so um i don't know how many of you guys remembered this uh we didn't have it in our country but i know a friend had it so you uh, there was a time where like nintendo was the the shit, right? was like the the Uber console out there, right? Still is. uh, Well, (laughs) we can can talk about it on a different (laughs) episode. But there was this magazine, Nintendo Power. And a lot of people used to buy that shit because of uh, secret moves to Mortal Kombat, because of uh, different ways you can improve, I don't know, some sort of secret level for Mario or Zelda or walkthroughs for different games. Those were essentially guides for games back then i i honestly i find it like really boggling that that the 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 guides for for classes specifically within the game are getting some i don't know negative uh uh uh, view from the devs or whatever man this is this has been part of gaming since like forever at least since i remember it and this is why i give the example with with nintendo because i know for a fact (laughs) i looked up mortal kombat moves and and secret fatalities on that shit all the time. And I remember people like printing stuff they found and and all of that. It's basically a guide. You want to understand how to pull off a move in order to, uh, I don't know, get the the get a better gameplay or just get the you know uh, acolytes and, and stuff. So I don't get it. I really this do you, is. Do you remember the, the all collecting it. all your Pokémons and all that kind of stuff? Like <laughs> the, the, there I were
3: entire awesome, resources about yeah, this. But it's like it's it's normal and it's also normal for people to go and find those resources
4: like but before we, before we hop onto them though i i will in defense of the original post that i took personal offense to um i do understand the perspective if you look at the historical look of wow guides in the past, they did have a very binary, this is the way you play, this is the only way you play, you play this because it's the best, and that's the only answer. But modern WoW guides have have changed significantly compared to them.
2: There's a good as example a of that. Point, because- though, as a counterpoint to WordUp, the people who are saying this are largely the same people who are writing those original guides you are mentioning.
3: Yep and not just that if you contradicted those guides back in the day you got straight off banned from the forum like I'm probably still banned from the forum <laughs> towards to yeah, that think point I
2: caught an EJ ban fortunately but so there, there's yeah. definitely a degree of hypocrisy in terms of um where the people saying this are I mean, are coming especially... from in the original sense
3: Especially when you look at what we've done, like as part of Warhead and Icy Veins, for like doing this, especially this expansion. Like I had a hand in the templates for the for this expansion's, uh, well, all the guides on Wirehead basically. And we went with a page per covenant, no matter how good, no matter how bad.
2: Right. Like, you and me need to have words.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you, you're, the, you're the textbook example. There, there are people who play Necrolord Druid. And not having a page <laughs> describing it is actively harmful to them. It is a choice and it is a choice that they can play. And the point of the guide is also to support you, no matter how bad your choice was. Because even exactly. though the choice is objectively bad compared to the competition, it was your choice. And we're not going to make you f- switch. Like,
2: we should have.
4: Like, I'd rather not like going to just vilifying the person who posted it. But the way that it came across it's that they haven't looked at what modern guys look like. Because the sheer yes. amount of time that is spent on talking about what are effectively dead talents to give them a fair shake or explain why you shouldn't yep. play them is leaps and bounds ahead of where it was even like six, seven, eight years ago. and Even like three or four years ago. I think it's then, improved yeah. hugely, yeah. And in that sense, I think it's unfair to um, put that at the feet of the guide writers who put that effort in as if they're like a cabal that are trying to that they convert everyone into playing their play style. Because a lot of them, a lot of the time, spend way more time trying to find a way for a dead talent to be useful than they do researching the one that's best because it's already the best and they know.
2: Meanwhile, we spend an entire expansion with like Warlock having a talent that's a DPS loss to take. Or yep. <laughs> like,
3: uh, how, something how like Nether happen? Portal, where you're like, hold on a moment. Uh, you have a 0.1% chance to summon a raid boss. But what about the 99.9% other time?
0: I think... Uh, you just gotta roll the dice, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think the original, the original comment feels very disconnected from a lot of things because... Whether or not the guides were, let's say, more egregious, where they just, oh, you play it this way, or you cannot play it anymore because this is silly. You guys might be able to to to, uh, answer this better, but the guys being a little bit more, let's say, fair today could possibly uh, be because the game is a little bit more wouldn't necessarily say balance, but there are a lot of options that you can do. And it's like, okay, you can play this, but if you want to play this, it's like a 1% or 2% loss. And you can also do that if you want. I know we try to be a little bit inclusive uh, without trying to make uh, our guides like 30 minutes longer or anything like that. But that's because we can. Ever since we've started doing the guides and we've looked at what everybody uh, says and does and, and logs and not logs. And whenever there was something like that that was very close, we tried to make it seem like, okay, see, you can play... Uh Nightfay Feral but <laughs> Necro doesn't look very good. But or like in the rogues, where a lot of them are very close to each other or things like that. We try to point that out, but that's because they are, right? So maybe the past guide writers or whatever happened back in the day where oh you play this or 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 you're dead or you're you're not gonna do anything. Maybe because there was a big imbalance in whatever options you had at the time, or maybe because of the guides being, let's say, that unilateral or whatever is push the developers to maybe offer the options whenever somebody said, this is a dead talent, don't ever take this, this is bad. Whoever thought about this doesn't know how to play the game or never plays the class. Maybe that actually pushed the developing team to say, okay, maybe this is bad. Let's actually take another look at it not saying that, that 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 was good feedback or whatever but i feel like this is a natural progression of the community as well and i mean if we're going to be discussing that guides are toxic or negative i mean what is the difference between a guide and a cookbook honestly if we look at it that way i, is this when I, I lose my spot I, in
3: the podcast and actually go back on history and prove to you that the that the improvement is not the balancing
0: i want, I want
4: <laughs> to think, yeah, push back on that i disagree i don't think it is the balancing I think the reason that it's changed is because the game between now and then has become so much more complex and there's so many more factors that you have to explain why something isn't worth taking. Because if you say, I I don't know, if you look at the enhancement one, you say, well, look, Ice Strike is a bad talent. You can tell them that, but they have to know why because they can always answer back with, yeah, but there's also Fire Nova and then there's this Covenant and then we could play this. And what happens if we mix all of these things in? Does that make it good then? And the answer ultimately is no, but you have to explain that because you have to, like, um, preempt the thing that they're going to argue against in favor of it. So you have to explain it.
3: I have yet another different take, and this one is straight back to Elitist Jokes Forums. Because there's been a number of cases over there where the talent choice that they provided as the best choice and don't pick anything else was flagged, flagged entry wrong, particularly around the RAF time, and the reason it went on for so long is because the theory crafting and the guide writing was taking place in the same, on the same website, in the same forum, and that those people also had the ability to ban anybody who dissented. So they didn't have to provide any reasoning or anything like that. They would just ban people who went, "Yeah, no, I think I know better," no matter whether they were right or not.
2: This is no I think longer the case. Called yeah, Discord has gone a long way to making guide writers or putting guide writers in a position whereby you have to defend your point. Because when it's, anyone can, like, ping you and ask to defend it, then... It's also the fact
3: that there, there's a separation now. Like, SimCraft is maintained by basically other people. And anybody can go in there and fuck with the APLs until they see whether their thing is actually a thing or not. Guide writers, overall, in most class discords, have very little power. And as a result, you can't ban dissenters anymore, which is a really good thing, by the way.
4: Speak for yourself. I can ban people in Earth shrine whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a sensible person. Like uh,
3: I, I remember, uh, like uh, hammer was really, really popular for this, where like people would just get banned for saying or asking the wrong questions. I got muted once. <laughs>
2: R.I.P. Ask Mister Robot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah right I think access is a huge part of it for sure Uh, I also
5: want to like go back to the developer perspective and I can kind of agree with it because an RPG there's a lot of self-discovery making the character your own and you want to explore that and learn your character as you go and as you level guides do hyper-accelerate that learning process but it's become somewhat of a necessity and pretty much also plugged by Blizzard community managers and like customer support reps as well. Yep. Where you don't have the information available in game to help you make those informed decisions. The class trials, they teach you like two free abilities. And I'm like, all right, off into the world. And he was like, hang on, I've done the Moonkin one, and you told me how Sunfire, Star Surge, and Moonfire work. They haven't told me how Eclipses work, how Incarn works. Yeah, you, know, you haven't told me actually how the spec works. And that's going to be the in-game representation of you know getting me up to speed with the class. So there's definitely a lot of work to do in-game to make guides a it's supporting the... piece of information rather than the piece of information.
4: I, I agree. Classes. I, I agree, like... but the, the thing I think one of the biggest things is that guides are opt-in for people, like most of the time. I would imagine that the, the self-discovery player, the guy who's just jumping in and progressing through the game and playing as they go, they only go to guides when it when they hit a wall and they just can't work it out themselves, and then they'll go there. Then it's not like the first point of call. There's, I, I'd like
3: to offer a bit of like mix of both on that one because, like, I agree, the the problem is primarily due to what's in the game and how it's presented. So like for instance, uh, an example of something that could be done better, and I'm gonna take Fury Warrior as an example. You can hit Raging Blow when you're not enraged and it does literally wet noodle damage. Or you can hit Raging Blow when you're enraged and it does really heavy damage and refunds a charge quite often. The game still allows you to press Raging Blow while not enraged. There used to be a talent that prevented this. It's things like this where the game needs to be better explained to people, in terms of what all the buttons actually do. But there's another problem with it, which is that the game, the speed at which new systems are created and destroyed within the game has gotten to the point where there's a new system every patch. And that's really bad, because it means that every patch, somebody, everybody has to learn something new, something that they will not keep 90% of the time when the patch is over. And when the expansion is over, You have to unlearn all of that and learn a whole brand new set of systems. The cadence is so high, even when Blizzard takes a year to release a new patch, that it loses most people. So they just go to guides to figure out what the TLDR is, what's the best option. That's why people don't experiment with Covenants, for instance, even when the the swapping is free.
1: Good
4: point. It's true that it does speed up the pace that someone basically skips over what some would consider the boring part but other people it's the most fun part but I think some people just they want to just jump in and play the game and that barrier they want to get rid of it as quickly as possible and I don't think it's worth begrudging them for wanting that which is why the guys are optional it's not pushed in your face when you log into the game it's if you don't know what's happening you can go there and and that'll be there but you don't have to go there.
2: Yeah, but I do think it's also kind of a scam that uh, Blizzard community, like if you put in a ticket, quite frequently, they link to WoWhead guides for, like achievements and
0: shit. Yeah, <laughs> <And, laughs> I, I had, I had that. That was. Uh, I don't want to
2: go deeper into uh, some of the issues that might arise with that, but. There's definitely an issue with Blizzard and using their own resources rather than hijacking someone else's and then vilifying the person they're hijacking.
0: <laughs> uh, all, all of this talk about kid into systems and there's no like no real feedback to know what's what's good. Uh, well, <clears throat> I agree a little bit with uh, well a lot bit with what upset said that the game just became a lot more complex. Because it reminds me of of classic and vanilla when you just press the spell and it did like fourteen hundred damage as opposed to sixty six hundred and I was like oh okay that's better. It was probably the the game was definitely slower. You had maybe fewer times to press abilities, so it was easier to think of like oh what ten abilities am I pressing? Well these add up with a lot more because there's a bigger difference. But when you have like so many events of, of of damage or whatever happens into the game and like there's twenty numbers on your screen at once there's no like visual feedback to what you're pressing and you just because then we we circle back to you know logs parses and damage meters like how am i gonna know that i'm doing a lot of damage at least compared to everybody else or at least compared to let's say when i played something else if i cannot tell there was there used to be a time when you could just visually tell by the numbers on your screen like oh i've created for like 20k wow i've never seen that number before whatever i did to get to that point was pretty cool But the game evolved from that point on, and there's so many things right now. I remember Multi-Strike and WAD, and there's like too many, too many numbers on the screen. And I don't know if this is how the game is supposed to be, but it makes seeing numbers on the screen incredibly lackluster and that irrelevant because it doesn't matter if my aim shot crits for like 20k or 30k, if in the other time I just do like... 10, 10 hits per second of 10, 500 damage. All that matters at the end is my DPS meter. And I felt like maybe... maybe I don't know if that's an issue with design or if that's just at the core of the system, but if they if the game continues this way and it's probably going to continue, it's like, man, it's going to change like basic combat mechanics. Arguing that people use DPS meters and logs seems a little bit disconnected to how the game actually functions when you want to just improve as a player.
4: I, I feel like the... The developer in question, but not just them. Other others have as well. They take it personally when a talent is or or a choice is uh, is described as the as as a wrong choice. When I think I feel like it's entirely acceptable that there are some things that end up just being done choices in the world that they've created. Now, if you look at MOP, the amount of choices that you made, it was like I don't know. You had five. Well, you had six seven talent rows at the time and those that was the limit of the amount of choices that you got to make so making a wrong choice was pretty hard because there were so few choices to make now you've got those tel- those talent rows you've got your conduits you've got your con your covenants you've got your soul binds the, when you get to the number where there's 50 60 choices there's bound to be a bad choice in there and you can't avoid that and it's not for the fault of their own you can't get them all right but when you when you balloon the number of options, you have to accept that sometimes something's not gonna land and someone's gonna point it out. Mm-hmm. I mean it kind of got to the extreme at the moment where like some specs have 10 dead
3: t- talents or more. So like
4: yeah, sometimes it goes a little too far in, in that direction. I, I agree with that as well. But I also don't begrudge having a few.
3: Like,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. When, it, when you look at necessary. Feral, Feral has Scent of Blood and it has for a while and Scent of Blood has been effectively a dead talent since implementation but it's not like it's egregious to have a dead talent option in there uh, that you just shouldn't pick it is a bit awkward to have effectively a trap talent that someone could pick and not know that it's a, it's a mistake but having one or two duds doesn't uh, and it pointed out pointed out doesn't necessarily mean that they're criticising your design just saying
3: there's a problem and like it's it's not criticism, it's just pointing out feedback for things to be improved, basically. So that the talent is not a dead talent.
2: It's egregious that dead talents don't get touched for so long. Yep. Like I used the Warlock example, that lasted for like an expansion and a half an so. How is that not looked at at any point? I understand that there's always gonna be some talents that are worse, and that is that is the reality of it.
3: But it's a
2: whole other thing when a talent is actively a DPS boss.
3: My favorite example for that one was a PvP talent from Blood DK from Legion, like the the very first uh, patch of Legion. And it's like, it was back when PvP talents, you had to gain uh, honor levels in order to unlock them. And the fifth talent that you unlocked was a net survival, DPS, and just throughput loss in every way possible. Because every time you Heartstriked, You lost 5% of your maximum health to deal 20% more damage. So it was an absolute trap talent. There was there was like it made it worse. And you once you picked it, you had to gain another 15 honor levels to unpick it and pick something else. And like, okay, dead talents do happen, but the fact that you're locked into it and that you your only solution is to basically like grin and bear it for another 15 honor levels, and the fact that it just didn't get changed for a patch is just
1: insane to me alrighty agreed entirely (laughs) Um, there was there was a a topic in last episode uh, where we we talked a lot more about uh, external power and stuff and I kind of wanted to to bring it up uh, especially because Panthea had a uh, let's say like a a question here in regards to to the, the expansion level power and it was a question uh, in regards to like how how would it work better? Do we want it as a battle pass style or do we want less uh, want it as like endless sort of like how was artifact? I don't know maybe Panthea can can uh, correct me if I understood this correctly. Like what would be the better option? Because I think we all agreed last episode that borrowed power uh, should exist in the game in one form or another um we talked about tier sets and stuff but in regards to like the latest models of battle power within wow how would it work best I, I i feel battle pass seems interesting can we all agree it's become like a seasoned game like season one season two season three
2: i do think it has become a very seasonal game but i do think
4: that's also an issue um, ah, yeah i think that's a downside no. Obviously,
5: this
1: is Pantheon's topics.
5: Yeah, let's, let's... yeah. I mean, I'm personally a huge fan of Renown over Artifact Power, just to use those two in isolation. Because having set power goals that you know you will achieve next week and for your group to also obtain in the following week as this is our boost for progress, we know we're going to get this. That's great. I mean, the way they've done it with Renown is pretty bad, but... <laughs> You know that's that's a separate topic aside but having set power gain levels per week is very admirable and it's something that i think shadowlands has done a lot better than legion where it was okay you can grind as much as you want realistically you probably only get one or two traits this week but you can go as mad as you want and you know we saw in um we saw last expansion there was that one russian guy that just lived in islands yeah, he was top of the leaderboard, so about a solid twenty <laughs> levels above everyone else. And it was just like, okay, yeah, that's that's cool. That, you, some sometimes you do need to save players from themselves.
3: <laughs> <laughs> True. 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 Is this why Blizzard thought that islands were so good because so many islands were being run?
2: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think that I, I think the battle pass system So I think the battle pass system, battle pass system is fine. I think Renown is mostly okay, largely because it kind of avoids a lot of the issues I have with the game, the way the game works in terms of seasonal content, Um, because you don't lose anything you've gained. I know you don't lose anything you've gained in other formats, but it's very different in that you keep having those benefits for the entire expansion. It's just built upon. Um, I think there was an issue with Renown in terms of Renown earning pacing, a, most people raid on a Wednesday or Tuesday, each reset. So for people with jobs having to come home and grind out grind out the extra power before the raid, it's kind of a bit rough. Um, I'd like to see something potentially done with that. Like maybe you time-gate it through the week. You can get one on Wednesday and one on Saturday or whatever and balance it out some way, but that does have its own issues.
4: I, I don't dislike mean, just... the idea of a battle pass thing. I would prefer them if they would to do it similar to Renown again to front load the power gains better. Yeah. Where, because, in particular, with the whole Renown gain thing, it was at the beginning, it was your soul bind unlocked. And it doesn't feel wonderful for certain people to know that your soul bind doesn't get anything for. Four or five weeks, but then it gets something massive. Why not just have it have the biggest things come at the beginning so you have access to them immediately, and then you get incremental bits and bobs as you go forward? It's kind of like how the artifact system worked, but without making you farm more of souls every day. Yeah, Yeah, just weekly
3: cap or daily cap or whatever. Like that's a good way of doing it. The going back to uh well, having to repeatedly unlock stuff, I think they've done a very good job with Renown compared to Artifact, uh, whatever, Neck Power, Artifact Power, Azerite, whatever it was, especially when you consider Azerite armor and the fact that every tier, you went into next tier and two of the rows on Azerite was locked due to not having enough Neck Level. It's only in Nihilotha that they managed to fix that one and decide, oh, hold on a moment. We're not going to increase the the Azerite power level required by 20 and force players to re-enable all this stuff. Yeah. Nam does have that advantage where this doesn't happen. But it's true that like the Soulbinds, particularly if you were Night Fay, and like Corain's strength was in the very last traits. Naya's strength was in the last trait. Dreamweaver's strength was in the very last trades, so up until you got there, you had nothing.
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty much. So I guess we can all agree that the the step they took with, with the formula on renown could be a, a way moving forward, just having a little bit more uh, dif- different position. I think I think the idea of having more oomph at the beginning as word upset and yeah, it was very similar to the artifact weapons in that sense. pretty pretty cool. It, it felt more impactful, and I do want to underline something that uh, I remember who mentioned this. Uh, in Legion, you kind of went alongside with your, your external power, and that felt good, right? So this is, I think, m- one of one of the most important things.
4: And... They, they need to decide whether they want seasonal, or they want it to be grindable. They need to make that decision, and they need to stick to it specifically. Because yep. they're two they're two flashing things and that happened in 9.1 because the seasonal one, that means, okay, I log in on Wednesday, I can do everything, I can get it all out of the way and it's done and that's fine. Maybe it doesn't incentivize someone to log in every day. That's also fine. People are, people like that as well. You don't need to get them in every day. But then you have your renown and then you trickle it in with Korthia, which is you have to get on every day and you need to do it day in, day out, day in, day out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: Those are... Direct opposition.
1: Yeah, yeah. Torghast, too. I mean, you, you have to like uh, yep. grind out uh, soul ashes and stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, definitely there's, not have all, I mean, you know, the gear stuff and also the, the super grindy stuff. So, yeah. There's an
3: opposition in terms of gear as well. Because, like, if they want to make it seasonal, there needs to be a way for people to catch up relatively quickly. Yes. And right now, that doesn't exist. So, to take a parallel, when you go into Diablo and you create a seasonal character, you have something called the Season's Journey. And if you do the first, I think, two big chapters of it, which are, like, you can do them with no gear whatsoever. It's like kill mm-hmm. kill bosses, do the equivalent of World Quest, and you're done, and they give you a starter gear package. They give you a set bonus
1: mm-hmm.
3: from, like, like any, any specific class is going to get a tier bonus. That changes every, I think it's every season nowadays. Yeah. And... It's a really good way to get people started, and it's something that doesn't exist today. So to give you an example, I leveled the character like three weeks ago, and I got to level 60, and I got in my crappy crafted gear, which I bought on the auction house for like 25k gold total, item level 200 something, no weapon, no trinkets, and no way to get them outside of either trying desperately to get into Mythic Plus or praying that one of the world quests yeah. would have one <laughs> and
4: it Best feels line, so bad they kind of almost thought of that when you look at the beginning of shadowlands what? where they, they give you the items that are attached to your covenant campaign but then it, t- it took such an egregious amount of anima to upgrade them to a competent yep. level yeah. that by the time you've done that you don't need those items anymore and so you like have like, as well. That's like we've almost we've almost thought about the whole giving someone someone something immediately to get started, and then we put this roadblock in the way because um, I don't know. The other roadblock was time because
3: the like the campaign takes forever.
2: And it was it's locked what? behind each week.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. But like for somebody coming back today, they can do all of it, but it takes them six or seven hours that they could spend doing better things
2: for better rewards. It's, um, yeah, I do think there are issues with the seasonal behavior in general. Um, like to use your Diablo comparison, it's very frustrating in this game to each season when it comes around to have to refarm the same thing you've just finished farming. Yep. Especially um, whereas when you Diablo, have the there's trinket. Yeah, trinkets in particular, yeah. Whereas Diablo, <laughs> they like change gear sets each season. So it's like something different.
3: Yeah, you get to play something different. Like something got gigabuffed and suddenly you're playing a different set. Or whatever. Whereas here, like, if you're a melee DPS, you're going to be running plaguefall the entire season, every season. If you're a tank, you're going to be running the other side every season, all season.
4: It just it calls back to the the loop problem, really. There, but I think that's fixable easily with the seasonal things. If they just fix that part, yeah. And I don't disagree that a seasonal system can work, as so long as they're willing to just let people get on, do their thing, and then when they're done, be done for the season and come back next one. Because they've they've seen all the content, they've seen what they wanted to. You don't need to keep <laughs> trying to put them back in. Just if they're if they're satisfied with what they've done there, let them go. Yep. Then they'll probably come back better for it because they enjoyed their time there and they remember that was a really nice like monk that I had playing there. I want to come back and do something like that again next time.
3: True. You could even, to be honest, you could even tie that bonus to just having a sub for a couple of months.
0: Like, unironically. Yeah. I think uh, what's probably stopping them from doing this are the engagement metrics because whenever you, I mean, no matter how I paid attention to at this post or pre-915, paid attention to the systems, it kind of made me feel like I had to log in every game, every day. Uh, if I wanted to get my bonuses or I would either lose them or I would be set back and be incredibly hard to come back. And it always felt, and it was the same in BFA with the islands and everything. It felt like uh, they constantly uh, hung and it's not like it's something surprising or new, but hung the carrot on the stick in front of us just so that we can log in every little day for a little bit, which is maybe my problem with the gating the gating content stuff is because i'm kind of forced every day to log in and except for instead of the day that i want to then obviously this puts a different problem with uh, everybody having different time schedules and all of that but i feel like if they added uh kind of what mandel said as well and word up with they treated the content season like you should just stick with this stick with one thing and just make it work or i don't know but I feel like their need to have us log logging in every day will kind of stop them from ever 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 making a system where oh, okay, I finished, I finished it, I've got gotten it all, uh, I'm done. I don't I don't need to play this. I can either play an alt or play a different game. Which I think I, f- I think that this is unlikely to happen. And wow, and I would be surprised to see if it happens otherwise.
4: I would There's say a, I on they... this one, in particular, with this one. They they're really stubbornly sticking to the engagement metrics thing, and as as maybe like overarching, and, and I'm not qualified to say it, but I do think they just they need to embrace the fact that a lot of people don't have a, a one game thing anymore. Because when you look at like like I don't know like Warframe, Monster Hunter, all of those people will play it a lot immediately when something comes out and then they'll stop playing it and then they'll come back if there's a seasonal event and then they'll play that and then they'll come back and then they'll leave and they're okay with that and it would work with wow they just need to embrace it properly instead of constantly trying to carry it on a stick people if people want to keep playing there's mount farming there's whatever else they can go do that
3: there's something else as well because like suppose that you you're a player and you have to log in every day would you complain if you just had to log in for five minutes? I'm pretty sure nobody would complain at that. Like, mm. find five minutes to do something quick, and that's the bulk of your power every day, and then the rest is whatever you want. To me, that feels like—I like, mean—having just five it feels minutes feels very artificial. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, it's it's tying into like if they really wanted to keep those participation metrics that they have going, while also implementing a better way
0: obviously it can be improved uh the thing for me is because i've i mean i've been playing wow since since classic and back then you, you didn't have these at least i didn't feel like i had them i wasn't playing to grind and get all the things i just logged in non-stop just because the game was enjoyable and this is maybe a very simplistic and naive way to look at the game but i didn't have the carrots on the stick then i just wanted to just play the game and having the five minute thing i mean it I guess we probably wouldn't know until it's pro- probably tested. But I feel like, oh, if I need these five minutes to come into the game, what if I have, like, I don't know, a long day of, of work where I have to meet up a friend? I always have to make time at least those five minutes. And for five minutes, just by missing those five minutes, I feel like I'm missing a lot. So it cheapens it. It's, it's yeah. yeah, but it's, it's I like, think I
3: was trying to place it in terms of the, the participation metrics that they have that are clearly mm. daily driven. Whereas back in Cataclysm, they were weekly driven. Like every week or every reset, you would have your uh, valor allowance from heroic dungeons and things like that. And you could blast seven dungeons in like two hours in one go. You didn't have to wait every day to get
4: trickle fed. I think the, the, the the trickle feeding, the biggest problem that it's causing is that it it makes people less excited for a patch because they're already burned out because they've had to log in every yep. day for the last three months. Whereas when you look at a, a lot of other games, like I mentioned, Warframe is, is an example of like another simple, similar, like live servers game. Those people will go in, they'll do their things, and then they'll peace out. And then when the next patch comes around, they're really excited for it because they've not played it for a while and it's a big bundle of content all at once. Yep. And they're super into it. And then they'll grind that out. And then they repeat the process. And that would fit well. And it would make people way less antsy about how a patch comes out because they're excited about it. They're not burned out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Path yeah. Exile, like people play absurd number of hours on their game every time it comes around. Yeah, and that's fine. I think, there's, yeah. there's a couple of things that
3: need to be done additionally. And one of them is they need to stop gatekeeping the campaigns. Like the weekly lockout on Korthia was stupid both from a a player perspective and even lore-wise. Like, the thing that pissed me off the most on that one is the very first chapter, where you're like, oh, there's dreadlords everywhere. Hold on a moment, we'll do something about them next week. Ah. It's like, (laughs) it's so disconnected. Doesn't make any sense, yeah.
0: (laughs) I, I feel for the content trickle part, the only thing that I can think that they did really good, and I actually think it's really good, but I don't think it applies to every bit of content, is how they dealt with uh, emissaries starting with BFA. I don't know if it was in Legion as well, where you would pile up things that you don't want to do on a daily basis and you could just do it all at once, like every three days you just do all of your emissaries that one that one time. Obviously, if they do this on a weekly basis, then it just takes away uh, the, the metric argument altogether because they won't get any if everybody just logs in on a Sunday and clears all of their stuff. But I feel like if I feel if they if they really want to stick to this, okay, we want you to be logged in as many days as possible, maybe not for a long amount of time, but at least make it so that it piles up to a point where, okay, if I miss a couple of days, I don't feel shit and I can just log in the third day or the fifth day and I just clear everything that I've missed and I don't particularly lose it. Which is was something that detracted me from doing Torgas, for instance, because I love Torgas when they put it into the Alpha. Obviously, it's changed, and I didn't really care about the Soul Ash, and I actually have more fun playing Torgas now, if we can call it fun. But I don't feel like I'm so stressed. Oh, this week I didn't do Torgas, so oh, I have to log in to do it now. What? Well, I suppose I can just oh, I've missed a couple of weeks. I'm just gonna do Torgas for a couple of hours and just get all the things that I want. Then I feel like at least in the the, the sense of the content that Torgas is, where you're farming currency for player power. I feel like not limiting that, at least in Torghast's argument, was a a way better choice and maybe one of the best ones. Maybe the second best one they did in 9.15 personally.
4: (laughs) I I would, as much as it was maybe a patch that people don't remember fondly, I don't think that they did a bad job in 8.3 where they had the assaults and it was, you know, you, you log in and you've got a once a week assault that you need to do and you've got another one that's every three and a half days. So you, yeah. you only need to carve out a bit of time to go and do that. And that's the lion's share of your mm-hmm. reward. And you can go and find any time to do that, that. You don't need to log in every day to do the dailies or anything like that. That works. People can usually find a bit of time at some point, especially when it overlaps at the weekend as well, which is perfect timing. That is way less irritating for the average person than being told, oh, you work a day job in the week. That's a shame. You're just going to be behind all the time because you can't log in every day. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. uh, I got to mention, uh, you know, we're recording this over here, but the, the chat that's going on in the back is just <laughs> hilarious. Uh,
0: that's not fair, that's, man. <laughs> I cannot see
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 it should be a fucking thing on its own. All right. Let's, uh, uh, just to not burn out all all, all of the ideas and topics. Um, last one for today on the table. Uh Mage Tower boys, oh, we haven't walking. touched it at all. Yeah, yeah is, <laughs> is
3: this when I give the quick TLDR of what happened and yeah. how they're killing a community I mean, just Ma- for the sake of a Mandel, challenge? Mandel, the floor is yours. You can, you can start <laughs> can it off the back, and, and we can. So, uh, people discovered a whole bunch of things on PTR about how the Mage Tower was working and all the scaling and all that. But in reality, uh, there's a certain community which is the time walking community that has existed since. I think it was what? I'm pretty sure it's what? Where uh, people uh, basically got together and tried to min max running time walking dungeons. Which sounds really, really weird until you realize that it's actually fun. It, it's fun to do 95% of the damage of your group, <laughs> and it doesn't even cost that much. So people started figuring out that for time walking, you wanted certain gear. There were some gems that were good, there were some trinkets that were good, enchants that were good, and all that. And they lived in perfect harmony in the world, just doing their little thing. And you sometimes saw them in when running random time walking dungeons, where suddenly you had a paladin or a warrior or something like that, that did five times the damage of everybody else combined. And you're like, that's great. I get to do my time walking dungeon faster, <laughs> dude. And then the Mage Tower came along and people started using that knowledge to basically make the challenge easier because the Mage Tower for most people is frighteningly overtuned, which is one of the biggest failures, but we'll get back to that at some point. So people went and looked at the spreadsheets that the time walking community put together and figured out that actually, yeah, Siege of Ogremar gear is pretty good when you put 27 sockets into them. And Crusader is pretty good because it heals a lot and does a lot of damage because it gives you a massive strength proc and all that kind of stuff. And Blizzard has spent the past reset hammering all these things globally. So in trying to keep the prestige of the challenge, they're actually killing the Time Walking community.
2: And it's completely insane. I don't know if I entirely agree. I I think it just moves the, the goalpost slightly for the time walking community.
3: Yeah, it's just finding new things or lesser things. Yeah. But every time there's a new one, like every time people fall back to a second choice, that gets nuked as well. Like we saw it with Dancing Steel, Dancing Steel was really, really good. It got nerfed day one. So people fell back to Crusader and Crusader got nerfed day three.
4: So they're now on but, Force Multiplier.
3: Yes, and that's going to get nerfed probably in a couple
4: of days
2: most Multiplier was always better than dancing still. It's it's always um, just
4: like a point of. They aren't doing. They've never done any harm, the time walking people. It's weird that that's their thing. But it, it does no harm. They're having fun with something. They're making use of a system that has been criminally underused by Blizzard themselves. And they only get to play it once every few weeks. So why not just leave them alone? Yep. Especially
3: when the challenge itself. Like, okay, we're all in special cases except Panthea. He hasn't done a second one yet. I haven't uh, done a single one either. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, like well, that's that's actually because thank
3: you very much.
5: Well,
0: <laughs> Same, like,
3: but nice like form Panthea. But that's, that's actually <laughs> most of us can agree though that the like the mage tower for us like for people who raid it at like world hundred or whatever is fine. Like the challenge is good. It's not too brutal. But for a casual player for which the time-walking event is literally all about, that thing is frighteningly difficult, especially if they are new to the game and they haven't done the Legion ones.
1: Oh, man, you okay. should have seen the comments I had on the, the the Red Paladin guide for Mage Tower. Jesus Christ, I've seen people saying that they tried a hundred times, they find it impossible. They're done with the game. So, yeah, it, it's it's... <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: I have a really strong opinion about this in that what I think people were looking at the mage tower as is they saw it as casual content because it's like something that anyone can go and do but casual content doesn't necessarily mean it's easy it just yeah. means that it's easily like freely accessible and I don't have any problem with it being difficult the problem that I do have is that there's an enormous disparity in like the difficulty between challenges between specs and so on and that ultimately just leads people to go down the path of least resistance or be frustrated yeah. that they're spec happens to be the one that got foxed this week or this time but what casual content should mean in people's head is that they can go and do it whenever they want and it's in their hands but it can still be difficult yep it can still be really challenging and that's a good thing to have in the game and it is something that the game sorely lacks so i'm okay with it i just wish that some challenges were a little bit less uh, of a mess
0: yeah, it's, this is this is where I stand actually, and uh, you guys can can chip in. So there, there's two main points that I that I want to make because <clears throat> I've done the, the the initial challenge that I did back in Legion was Guardian, and it was one of the hardest things I've done up until that point. I was playing the game pretty casually. I hopped in now. It felt difficult, but it felt like if I put in let's say I don't know 40, 50, 60 tries, I would eventually get it. Because uh, it was a lot running around with the mechanics, dealing with the timing of the mechanics and all of that. And that felt challenging, that felt satisfying. As opposed to the survival hunter that I tried, which I'm more relaxed on survival than any other spec right now since it's the one that I've been playing for months. I've done almost, I think pretty much all of the mechanics uh, perfectly up until the last phase of the du- of the dungeon and I've done that challenge back in Legion. And I've kited the mob around the room and I died with no space left at 40% of the boss's HP. And it felt like, oh, I can optimize this and this and this. But am I really 40% behind or do I need to like buy all the consumables and all of the gems and everything uh, that, you know, boost my power artificially? And I didn't feel like chasing consumables and player power is the challenge that I wanted from me I'm not sure if, uh, if I'm just bad at survival, if there are other specs that encounter this situation where... I feel like I just my, the, my character doesn't do enough damage to it so I have to like fill it up with gems and stuff and it felt more challenging and more satisfying to chase the the guardian one which felt oh I'm just mechanically bad as opposed to just the numbers I'm not putting out are not not enough to get this done maybe it's overtuned or not while other people get it and I'm not saying that they do it because they do the the consumables but definitely consumables help which you know the whole the whole time walking issue comes about again I suppose
5: I'd say 40 percent is definitely within the realms of optimization. Yep. but um, to kind of bring a little story time moment from the mage tower of a guy in the Paladin Discord who came in said the mage tower is impossible it was too hard. he didn't know what he was doing wrong. He was convinced he was playing perfectly. Um, we asked him to stream and he started streaming. we pointed some stuff out to him, you know he had a lot of downtime, he wasn't executing his rotation well. And you know, over time he kept getting better and better at the spec. And he completed it yesterday after 599 attempts.
3: <laughs>
5: That's the perseverance. What? But a little extra positive story. Yeah, he's gotten a lot better at playing power in the game. And he yes. also came into the chat today to say he did his first 15 key. He tried to do a 14 key months ago, found it really difficult, did the fifteen key super easy yeah very that, that's, that's
4: exactly the kind of story that you want out of it though like if yeah. someone can persevere yep. through it, because yeah. that's a really really yep. rewarding feeling to do it yeah. even and everyone will put it and say oh, it, it, sh- it shouldn't be that hard but it doesn't matter that dude earned it yep and he challenges based on
5: your base level of how you are compared to the end if there's an improvement definitely worth it there should be more of that in the game right yep. i i, I yeah, mean but i think agree. that like, that
4: the, the the biggest qualm that you had with should I get more gear or anything to optimize it, I do think that would have been solved in the Mage Tower with templates. Yep. And I would probably lean to I really want them to do more challenges like this, but use templates. And to agree the, yep. the name of another game that I avoided before, but I will now is that Final Fantasy has solo challenges like that. They strictly use templates on them. And yep. they're incredibly punishing challenges to do solo and they're very long but you are never in the question of do i need more gear should i have done this should i have done that it's always it's in your hands it's how you played through it Yep. and those kind there's, of things are awesome in games especially for like casual hardcore solo content
3: there's another thing as well the like the reason i can understand most of the people complaining that it's too hard is also because the event was pitched wrong in that the event has a strict time limit. It still does, by the way, like it's we still have four weeks to do it. That limit should be removed entirely.
2: I I agree. It should be available all the time. Yeah. Because I think that solo challenges like this are a huge marketing point for the game. Like the game lacks something where you can just like log on and jump into it. Like when I play League of Legends, I can boot up a TFT game by myself, load up. I'm playing in like five minutes. If I want to play a, something well, then I've got to pug a key. I've got to pug a raid. There's very little solo content and something that you, somebody can just like log on, bang out, give it some attempt. Ah, shucks, I didn't get it today. I know some stuff for tomorrow. You can try that then.
3: Yep. And not aside of- from the healer challenge, it's five minutes. Like most of the most of the things, actually, oh. healer challenges, disc priest, and affliction warlocks are all ten minute plus. But aside from that. Like Guardian Druid is five minutes tops. Most tanks are five minute tops. It's something that you can easily hash out and just try and try and try in your spare time if you want to.
2: Yeah,
5: I'd say it's also something that you can use as a marker of uh, improvement as well. So you can yes. start off with the additional crutches of, you know, time walking gear, old enchants, you know, gaining additional stats and then reel them off, similar to what uh, Moaifu did in the uh, pound Discord he's got a little um, Wowhead post about it where he's done it with only eight
2: items oh. equipped yeah. yeah that's a cool concept I was yeah. thinking you're doing something like that <laughs> it's a good idea
4: but it, it's like, just like it, there's no harm to just leave it up there all the time yeah. because <laughs> the thing is that a lot of people do find group content quite intimidating but if you're in a solo content situation no one's watching you so no one's going to be able to judge you and say look at you you suck whereas if you can have a solo thing and you can just jump in and you go I'm getting better oh I'm killing it faster this week or I'm doing that just having that option there it's way more engaging than telling someone to go and hit a training dummy so yep. just let it be there
2: but frankly I think if you make it permanent within not very long at all there will be a niche community formed around speedrunning mage tower challenges <laughs> I mean or that that will... already...
3: doing challenges in the challenge yeah that'll happen yeah yeah absolutely and it's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be positive for the game as opposed to right now where you have four weeks to do it it puts an insane amount of strain on particularly the casuals actually because they tend to care more about transmog and like it just keeps on straining and then afterwards for five months it's gone and you're like where did it go why
4: did it go yeah it, it's just an unnecessary gating for content that is effectively free for them. Why? It, it will be like if you said, "Oh, you can only do Mythic Plus once every five weeks." It, it's a that's feature. kind of what happens, though, thanks to the ethics. Well, yeah, okay. There's also that that part. But <laughs> what, what harm does it do to just leave it there? Because it's not going to drag people back into the game five months from now for the second time that it comes around.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's definitely it it had an appeal and to uh, to kind of underline what what mandel said that they didn't communicate it properly very true but they did kind of make use of its former popularity i would say if you've seen the tweets and all of this like oh mage tower is back get your blah, blah. so they did market it they know it's a strong i would say marketing point why the fuck not just keep it there? I mean, all valid points. I, I also tweeted about this. I mean, I, I missed a good-ass challenge in WoW, a good-ass solo challenge in WoW. I feel one of the best things they did was the, the Mage Tower challenges. Granted, overtuned or not, um, the example Pantheon made, where the dude after 599 attempts actually did it and also had him improve his gameplay with, with Paladin. That's one of the biggest selling points you can have. And believe it or not, I felt the same way after doing it for, for 69 times or whatever. It just feels like, okay, now I, I definitely know how to play my spec better. And I think one of the the, the positives around content like this is actually improving did they start this in mob with what was it the challenge mode so the,
4: the green fire girls. is the uh, green fire is the best example that, that's like people, people love solo challenges that mm-hmm. are just you know test the skill for you on your character yeah. yeah and i know that they take a lot of resources to build especially for like individual specs so if they take a lot of resources to build you should milk them for all they're worth and let people do them whenever they want
3: true yep. Uh, there's a couple of other problems that came with the mage tower though like uh, other than the borrowed power stuff that we've already like mentioned to- time and time again on the last podcast yeah but the other one is also like, it's a really 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 simple problem they pitched it as the mage tower where like n- 95 to 99% of the wild WoW population remembers the mage tower in Antorus completely different power level and difficulty level to the original mage tower which this Sort of resembles. That's I would say in the... some
4: cases it's harder than then, and in other cases it's easier. But yeah, that's yeah. about where it's tuned at.
3: I mean, there are exceptions where it's just dead easy, like Windwalker is five pools for most people. And then on the other side of the scale, you have Affliction Warlock, where you can't do it without bugging the thing.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think they should make significantly more use of it than they currently are
1: and they major. they're also like a, they, they nerfed a couple of ones I think they also mentioned that more nerfs are coming to them uh, they
3: buffed one of them
0: oh, they bu- <laughs> oh which one is that?
2: <laughs> they oh. buffed Guardian Druid for like two days oh boy oh. yeah they tried to nerf it and they didn't understand what they did. <laughs> so made it harder which is pretty fucked up but it's, I it's
4: something that they should take the feedback that people really want to do it yeah as this is a really good idea to to keep doing. I mean I yeah. wouldn't even be opposed to like why not just open it up so the DPS can queue for the other challenges and see whether or not they can do them. That's yeah probably that, cool. that would be really cool. That would be interesting. Like I would
3: love to see a Brim Master Monk do the WEM challenge for instance. Because I reckon they can do it.
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I would be really curious uh to see some actual engagement numbers uh for for for, for the the time frame where Mage Tower would be up because uh every time I'm I'm going there there's like it, it, it's full of people so yeah. it, it, it has yeah. to have some 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 degree of success I'm sure so it's, maybe it's probably the most successful piece of content of the
3: Shadowlands
0: <laughs> the, the Legion content <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah but like there's, yeah. there's no harm with it it's it's sure. new for most people or it's challenging for most people and it's what people want make more of it go
2: it's as easy as that <laughs> but yeah. I really want to see some hybrid try and do the healer mage tower now. <laughs> Oh, I would actually love to
3: see a Red Paladin do the healer challenge. Like, uh-huh. and
2: ironically, I, I
3: reckon it's doable. Uh-huh. Yeah, I reckon it's doable. a yeah,
4: law. I can see it. Can yeah, see but it. the thing is that that's also recycling content for free that yeah. people wouldn't yeah, exactly. And they make, make videos about it. it. It becomes part of the challenge. It becomes its own little community. And yeah. if, if there's anything they need to do more, it's foster the weird little communities in the game outside of the ones that they seem to not like, which are like the high-end ones. Just create the weird ones. Let them do what they want. Yeah. take the reins off
3: yeah go and have fun red healer challenge let's go yeah I'm down for that shit I'm <laughs> down I know how much I yeah yeah you l- for that. like I if somebody streams that I would watch until completion I would watch 100% it would be definitely interesting
4: like I'd, I'd like to see like a red paladin try and do a tank challenge you know maybe Ooh. they could find weird ways to live and get through it and everything it would be awesome yeah
1: yeah well I think uh, uh, I think I found the, the title no, it's gonna be it's gonna be round two, <laughs> but you know, i keep keep keeping At, it to, to the same length. Uh, just, oh, so, sorry, man. As a back. historical precedent, the proving grounds had this. A yeah, that, yeah you that was a fun. That let you
4: go and do the other ones to see if you could manage.
1: Yeah. Yep. That was that was that was pretty cool. That's what I was saying because I know there, there was uh, the, not the challenge mode proving grounds and map, and the, there was the the challenge mode so. I think all of those kind of like were corroborated into the, the mage tower which was actually like the the formula of success and again you can see it being wanted by players and being engaged by players in all sorts of like spectrum casuals to like high end or whatever people enjoy it so yeah that easy win easy easy win for them to just keep it there and uh maybe iterate further on i went mean, with the rewards or whatever or, or as you guys mentioned let uh, hybrids do tanks or healer uh, challenges, and so on and so forth. Let tanks do the DPS once. It, it it could be a world in and of itself. It has. If they
3: didn't disable the borrowed power, they, then you don't even need a hybrid. Like I would love to see a, a mage do the healer challenge or the <laughs> tank challenge. I reckon they could do it if they had the legendary for the triple shield. Oh yeah, that, that'll be
1: yeah. It, the-
4: it's the thing where we all we all know. Everyone knows the power of like the speedrunning community where they come up with weird challenges to go and do in games that they like yeah yep and they will create infinite content for really weird vague prestige about doing something and it, that's good that's super healthy for a game of course having yep. like having player generated prestige is super important so for a game's free. life cycle
3: yep I mean, this existed in WoW, but for some reason, the devs decided to accidentally kill it off. The Iron Man challenge existed.
1: Right.
4: Well, they've already learned that with the Season of Mastery, right? By actually implementing that as a thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, got, just, that got a lot of engagement from people, despite the fact that hype around Season of Mastery was kind of low. That part of it got a lot of attention because it was yeah. a really good idea.
3: Yeah, they need to go, like when when there's an opportunity for that, they should just grab it by both hands and just do it. Like the doing the challenge, the wrong challenge for a spec, is probably just a matter of playtesting for a
2: couple of days. Actually, you probably don't even need to playtest it. Just let it be open. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe it's not possible. That's that's fine. That's yeah. you're not you're doing something you're not supposed to. That's
4: well, yeah. That's but the the give thing. people if, a chance, and they will try it. If it's not possible. It's not like anyone can criticize you for it because that's not what you designed it around. So yep. if you can't figure out a way, then, yeah. well, who cares?
3: Then it's clear. Yeah. Just <laughs> it's not for you. case <laughs> scenario, give a box, like a, a dialogue box, going, well, uh, this might be very hard. You might not be doing the right thing. Are you sure you want to continue?
2: <laughs> but talking about the, um, the proving grounds as well, I think the proving grounds is another that was horrendously in Spanish. Like when people were trying to do the the High Proving Grounds put like yeah. Fragments to the stream. That shit was hype as fuck. But then instead of like vaguely supporting it, like giving you some kind of checkpointing so you can go back to a point, they just left it at this point where you had to do like seven hours to get to a... So it took it from like, this could have been content. People would have done that. People would have tried to push High Proving Grounds if they had like a 10-way back checkpoint instead of having to spend seven hours going back to the point they were at.
4: I actually, I don't agree on the um, the checkpoint thing. If the reward at the end is incredibly prestigious, and it can be anything like a title or a mount or just a cosmetic, if it's really prestigious, grinding through loads of boring stuff to get to the end where the real challenge is, people will still do it.
2: Sure, in the case where something there is a reward, yes.
4: Because, like in the case of, I'll go back to like in Final Fantasy solo challenge, that is like a nine hour long thing i think it's something like 15 Jesus. in some of them and the majority of that is really really boring simple easy stuff but the end challenge is incredibly challenging and the, because of that the title is incredibly prestigious and people will go and do it yeah. it, it take and it takes very little thing like the title can just sound cool and people will love it and that's all they need to do with those things
1: all right well, I guess uh, we can uh, we can we can close it off. Yeah, I think this uh, is a good point to uh, stop. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty cool uh, episode indeed. I think we covered a lot of ground, but lots more to be covered. So this is not going anywhere. Okay, we we're gonna, as uh, Mandel proposed, probably. Hmm, bi-weekly was it like after like or
0: yeah probably continue with the Bi- next episode monthly, dude
1: bi-weekly is probably a bit much uh, bi-monthly Bi- jesus <laughs> christ yeah i was thinking <laughs> <bi-monthly>. <laughs> I, mean, I like you guys but probably not that
0: much <laughs> uh we can probably come back with episode three uh next year i think uh yeah, yeah, this year probably everybody's, everybody's going on holidays be, maybe yeah. by that time we'll have a lot more stuff to talk about with the 9.2 announcements and whatever we'll find PTRs see exactly stuff. how Nerfed into the ground, the match star will become by the end. We'll see. We'll see. But
1: uh, definitely a cool episode. And once again, uh, if you want to check, uh, you know, Guiltyas or Mandel or Panthea, or Word up! all the links are going to be in the description with the you know, links to guides, Twitches, Twitters, so all of that. So do do be sure to uh, look in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to Spotify, go on YouTube, check the description, do this thing. Okay. These, uh, these guys deserve all the, the support uh, they can Hell get. That and uh that being said we want to thank you for watching or listening it's been round two of breaking world of warcraft with uh, the beautiful gents here we want to thank them for joining as always thank you you. and uh we shall be coming back with round three next year uh when we're probably going to have a bigger
0: episode because they're most probably going to have a lot of things to talk about yeah for sure all right thank you for coming guys thank you for uh being a part of this and uh see you see you next time bye always a pleasure Loving it then, I still love it now. Still I play wild. Still I play wild. Getting better every day. Let me show you how. Cause still I play wild. Still I play wild. It's getting harder to stay, but at the end of the day, it's a guilty pleasure. So just log in and play. Whether it's classical retail, I'ma do a slash
1: foul. Still I play wild. Still. I-